0: Hey folks, and welcome back to Giant Talk. I'm your host, Roger, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Jacob Morgan, who is a best-selling author who joins us all the way from the States, and his latest book is around leading with vulnerability. Welcome to Giant Talk, Jacob.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. Very welcome. So, uh... Yeah, do you want to just maybe start off just kind of explaining a bit about you and where you've come from and where, where we find you now?
1: Sure. Uh, I've been on my own for the last 15 years. I come from uh, an immigrant family. They came from the Republic of Georgia and ended up in the United States after going through Italy, then through Australia. Coming, uh, I was born in Australia, then coming to the United States. And, you know, growing up, I was always taught the importance of working hard and doing well in school. And unfortunately, I was never a good student. And I got to where I am because in college, I finally decided to work as hard as I could. I double majored in economics and psychology and thought I was going to have a great job working for a company, go get my MBA. And I don't know, one day maybe become an executive at a company. Mm -hmm. And my first job out of college, I was stuck doing data entry and cold calling and PowerPoint presentations and became very disengaged and disenfranchised with the corporate world. Mm -hmm. That was around 15 years ago, one of the last jobs I've ever had after the CEO made me go get him coffee. (laughs) And uh, for the last 15 years or so, I've been writing and speaking and... Uh, exploring themes related to leadership, the future of work, and employee experience, and that is what brought me to where I am now. I mean, the the new book specifically. We can talk about the journey to get to that if you want, but just yeah, generally career wise, I was
0: I was going to ask what 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 kind of led you down this specific avenue around le- leadership vulnerability and you know the connection and competence that sort of thing. So, what took you down this particular path?
1: Well, there was a personal path and a business path. The business path was that in my last book, The Future Leader, when I interviewed 140 CEOs, a lot of them were telling me um, about emotional intelligence and vulnerability specifically, and that they understood the value of it, especially in their personal lives, right? To connect with friends, family members, their spouses, significant others. But they were challenged with vulnerability at work because they were trying to figure out You know, in in work, we have a different dynamic. You have a hierarchy, Mm. you have employees, you have a boss, projects, deadlines, customers. There's the issue of money, salary, benefits. And so the one challenge was, is vulnerability work the same as it is in our personal lives? And the second challenge is, is vulnerability specifically for leaders the same as it is for everybody else? Mm. Because leaders, after all, are the very people who are responsible for a lot of these things. And employees inside of organizations are also seemingly asking leaders to be two opposing things on the one hand we want our leaders to be strong competent visionary we want to know that they have the right answer that they can guide us through difficult times but on the other hand a lot of employees want their leaders to talk about their feelings and their emotions and their challenges and struggles and so the challenge for a lot of leaders is well who am i supposed to show up as the strong competent visionary leader or somebody who's talking about my failures and mistakes and challenges and struggles And so I thought that was very interesting to hear from a lot of these executives. And because of these challenges, they didn't know how to approach vulnerability at work, even though they Mm -hmm. knew inherently in their personal lives that vulnerability was a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Applying it at work was just not a clear thing for them to figure out how to do. Um, The personal journey was um, my parents taught me, uh, you know, very different things. My mom was very emotionally vulnerable and, and, uh, Opened with me, but I grew up as a young boy watching my dad, and my dad was the exact opposite of vulnerability. Don't show emotion. Don't show weakness. Don't talk about your problems. Uh, you know, even to this day, when I go to his house, or when I go to my parents' house to say hi to them and, and grab dinner or whatever, the first thing my dad says is, "Hey, come out in the backyard and let me see if any pull-ups you can do." Right? He's always like that's his that's his mentality. He's seventy three years old. He still plays soccer. Two or three times a week. People who are literally half his age, um, even younger. So um, that's how I grew up believing vulnerability was, I had, it didn't make sense for me. There was no place for it in my life. And that all came crashing down a couple years ago when I had a series of panic attacks. And the panic attacks I learned were spurred by the very fact that I was writing a book about vulnerability when I didn't believe in vulnerability. Hmm, that's a challenge (laughs) yes yes (laughs) and so since that book i've been working and again i still have a long way to go i still struggle with it it's still not easy for me it still makes me uncomfortable it's still very hard i'm in a lot of ways Uh, but i've been on this journey to try to lead with vulnerability and try to be more comfortable opening up and and sharing Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and um yeah, so the book is is a journey that I go on with everybody else that's that's reading.
0: Yeah, it certainly sounds that way. Uh, and you know, you you talk about how when you, you you talk to the CEOs that you have for for this book and the and the previous one, how a number of them were kind of not sure how to approach this. I imagine probably many of them maybe felt that it wasn't safe to be vulnerable <laughs> for fear of. You know, a CEO. It, it, all right, they may be at the top of the tree, but they still have shareholders to answer to. They often have a board to answer to as well. And if that perception of traditional leadership—you know, the uh, the 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 likes of uh, the Jack Welsh era, um, uh, where it was absolutely you know prized to be the hardest faced leader you possibly could—then um, you know, then then that could that could be they they could feel like it could really work against them
1: yeah and i don't know if it was necessarily um safety because we asked 14,000 employees what's the number one reason you don't want to be uh vulnerable at work and the number one response was we don't want to be perceived as being weak or incompetent so you didn't want to be perceived as somebody who doesn't belong and is not good at your job mm. and the the solution to that is to lead with vulnerability. And so there's a big difference and a distinction, I think, between simply being vulnerable at work and leading with vulnerability. I actually mm-hmm. don't advocate for anybody to be vulnerable at work. I think it actually can hurt you far more than it can help you. Being vulnerable is really just about exposing the gaps that you have. So for example... Gap in knowledge, gap in experience, gap in emotion, gap in ability, gap in whatever it is. But it's the, the idea of saying, I need help. I don't know how to do something. I made a mistake. You're, you're, you're letting people know that you are struggling and you have a gap in some area. Yeah. Leading with vulnerability, on the other hand, is being okay, exposing and talking about that gap, but also demonstrating what you're trying to do to close the gap, right? I made a mistake, but here's what I learned. I need help. Here's what I'm going to do in the future to figure it out. And that is a far more powerful thing to do inside of an organization than simply exposing the gaps that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key distinction there. And that's what I wanted to drive across in the book is you want to bring together competence and connection, Um, especially if you're in a leadership role, because people, you know, create exposing the gaps that you have is good at creating connection. But if you are a current or aspiring leader, you also need to be able to demonstrate competence. And and that's something that we keep forgetting inside of an organization. And so if you want to, if the fear of being perceived as being weak or incompetent is what keeps you from being vulnerable, then the solution is to add competence to your vulnerability. Be vulnerable, but demonstrate what you're trying to do to solve the own problem for you. And that's something that we forget to do inside of a lot of organizations.
0: Yeah, and it's evidence of a growth mindset, isn't it? Because yeah. you you know that it is that constant learning, that constant iteration. Um I mean we see it in baked into uh, you know into practice at um, a lot of agile projects, don't we, where they do the, the retrospective, you've got to look back, learn and adapt for the next cycle. And in in many respects that's what we seek to try and encourage our clients to do in uh, in, in far more than just their projects, in terms of the whole business, but having having that um, uh, uh, that the courage to, to to take that stretch, to try that new thing, to test that new theory out, in the knowledge that it might actually fall short, requires um, a degree of safety, and also I, I would argue a degree of vulnerability. What, what, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you do need that and, and leading with vulnerability helps create safety, right? I mean, mm-hmm. safety, psychological safety doesn't just happen by itself inside of an organization. I think leaders need to be the first ones to lead with vulnerability. You can't just go to your team members and say, hey, be vulnerable with me, unless you as a leader are willing to reciprocate and do the same thing for your people. But again, the big distinction here is it's not just about being vulnerable because we have to remember inside of an organization, we have a different dynamic. And so if you just keep showing up to work every single day, uh, talking about the gaps that you have, the things that you know how to do, Mm -hmm. don't know how to do, the challenges that you're faced with, the struggles that you have, this and that, at a certain point, people are going to look at you and they're going to say, well, why do you have this job? Why are you here? (laughs) Um, Now, it doesn't mean that if you don't know how to do something, you can't, can't talk about the fact that you don't know how to do it, but it just means that you need to demonstrate that you are trying to get better at it. So, for example, if you're a first-time leader and you're asked to address your team, you could go in front of your team and say, hey, I'm a first-time leader. I've never done this before. I'm really excited to be leading the team. I'm confident we're going to do some amazing things together. That's vulnerable, right? You're acknowledging that you haven't done this before, that you're really not sure what you should be doing. But that's not really the right message to give to your team. Instead, a far more effective message would be, I've never done this before. I'm excited to be leading the team. To help make sure that I'm going to be a great leader, I'm getting coached by one of the executives at this company who's going to be mentoring me. Mm -hmm. I've hired a professional executive coach. Here Mm -hmm. are three or four or five leadership books that I'm reading. And so you're demonstrating that even though you're in a new position, you're taking some sort of action to create that positive outcome. And that's what being a vulnerable leader means. It means you are a leader who is willing to expose yourself to the potential of emotional harm, but you're mm-hmm. also taking action to create a positive outcome when you can. Mm-hmm. The first part is vulnerability. You say or do something that exposes you to the potential of emotional harm. I've never done this before. I'm a first-time leader. But what's the action that you're going to take to create that positive outcome? I'm getting mentored by an executive. I have a, a, a professional executive coach. I'm going to be reading these leadership books. I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm demonstrating how I'm closing that gap. And that is, I think, the key message that we need to make sure that we get across. And again, especially if you're in a leadership role where people look to you for guidance, where people look to you for, for wisdom, for insight. And the reason why you need both of these things is because if you only have vulnerability, which is connection, then people will look at you as being incompetent. And Mm -hmm. if you only have leadership, which is competence, then people will look at you as being a robot. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be able to do both of these things. Connect with your people and demonstrate that you are good at your job or are trying to get good at your job. There's no substitute for being good at what you do.
0: Well, fundamentally, leaders want well, they need their people to put their trust in them, don't they? Yeah. Because, you you know, the leader is asking them to follow me in this direction. You know, <laughs> I have the confidence and the belief that this is the right direction and we are all going to be successful if we go down this, this route. But there's no guarantees in life. You've mm-hmm. got to put your faith in me. And I think this is the power of vulnerability, isn't it? Because if you're vulnerable at first, Obviously, like you say, leading with vulnerability means there is the, you know, and this is what I'm going to do about it. But if you're vulnerable in the first instance, that kind of, it's, you're being straight with people, you're leveling with them, you're being honest, aren't you? There's, there's not the, you know, the ego driven sort of, I'm going to create a face here, I'm going to create a facade, I'm going to tell them that I'm something else when I'm not. Which people can often see through, and you know that really struggles. They smell the the b s and start to struggle with the with the trust, then, don't they?
1: Yeah. And knowing who to be vulnerable with and when to be vulnerable makes a difference. <clears throat> there' are certainly sometimes um in situations where you don't want to be vulnerable. So Doug Parker is the CEO of American Airlines, uh, retired recently, and he's one of the CEOs I interviewed for my book. And he said, you know, there have been lots of times, especially during the pandemic when I felt very vulnerable, but I couldn't show that to my people. Mm -hmm. And specifically when everybody was talking about the end of American Airlines, that they were going to go bankrupt because, you know, again, during the pandemic, nobody was traveling. He had to go in front of Congress uh, and ask for money. And he felt extremely vulnerable because every time you would turn on the news or read a paper, it would say, American Airlines is going bankrupt. Doug Parker, this Doug Parker, that the company is going out of business. He couldn't show up to work and show that vulnerability and show that doubt Mm -hmm. because he is the CEO of the company. And if he does that, and if he believes the all that negativity, then it it will become real. It will manifest. Mm -hmm. And so he had to show up to work every day with a sense of positivity and optimism that they're going to be able to turn things around, that the company is going to be successful. So there are times when even if you feel vulnerable, you need to, um, keep that vulnerability to yourself, or maybe find a trusted person or colleague in this case, mm. you know, he was able to share things with his wife, with, with his mm. significant other about how he was feeling. Um, you know, contrast this to a story that I also have in the book about Hollis Harris. He's the former CEO of Continental Airlines. They too were going through a very difficult time in the 90s, and he had to send out a memo to his entire workforce and he also talked about the challenges of the business, the economic climate that he didn't see a direct path out of it and then he ended his memo by telling his employees to pray for the future of the company. Again, very vulnerable thing to do, wow. but there was no leadership and the next day he was fired from his job. Right. And you know, th- th- that's the difference because if you're a leader, people will look to you. You have the ability mm. as a leader to manifest a certain reality. And if you show up to work and you say that you don't know what's gonna happen and the business is going down, it will go down. Mm-hmm. Like it's a sure thing, like you're you're sort of a, the pilot of the ship. And if you're steering it downwards, it's gonna go down. And, and there are lots of stories that I have in the book of other executives who were also in very tough times and they also were vulnerable, but then they had a vision that they shared with their employees. They inspired, confidence and positivity and optimism, they told their employees what they were trying to do to turn the business around and they asked for help and they charted a path forward. That's very different than just telling your employees to pray for the future of the company. Yeah, absolutely. And and so it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, And I think a lot of us now, there are a lot of books and videos and concepts on vulnerability and I think they they're powerful in the sense that they teach what vulnerability is, but they fall short in that they don't specifically go over how this is manifested and applied inside of a corporate environment for current and aspiring leaders. And that's that's really what I wanted to be able to do with the book.
0: And that's that's actually it nicely leads me on to, to, to where I was uh where my thinking was going, because when we work with um, client organisations, yes, all right. We start with the leadership team because they're the they're they're the ones they're they're the custodians of the vision and strategy. But then, if you are going to activate that strategy through the organisation, you absolutely have to engage, you know, those that um, uh, that that um, align into those uh, those leaders. So, when you've got somebody who's kind of at mid manager level, who is required to show a degree of leadership because they often probably still have quite a large part of the organization reporting into them. But at the same time, they do still have a very clear, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, senior leaders, which they have to have to report into. What advice would you give to someone who was kind of in that role, early stage, trying to find their feet in terms of their, 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 their leadership style, their, 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 their approach, what, what would be your advice to them?
1: I think for any current or aspiring leader, the concept of leading with vulnerability fits, right? I mean, for any interaction, any engagement, anything that you do, you always need to be asking yourself, how do I connect with my people? Mm -hmm. And how do I demonstrate competence? And I think if you want to excel in your career, by doing those two things, you'll be able to move from an individual contributor to a mid-level leader and from a mid-level leader to a senior level executive at an organization. And the book has a lot of different frameworks in there as far as how do you know who to be vulnerable with and when and this and that. So there's a lot of um, you know concepts in there that expand on on how to actually make this practical. But I think the best piece of advice that I have for people is it's okay to be vulnerable so that you can learn because you can't learn and grow and become Mm. a better version of yourself without vulnerability. But at the same time, vulnerability alone is not going to get you to where you want to get. There's a concept in psychology called the pratfall effect, which basically states that if you're good at your job and you're vulnerable, then people will perceive you as being more competent and more likable because you're basically making yourself more human. Yeah. I mean, if you think about I don't know, you know, top executives in an organization who seem buttoned up and they got everything together and figured out. And then they're talking about a mistake or a failure or a lesson learned. You look at them and you're saying, wow, like that's, you know, they're human there. And you get that extra added boost, right? That extra perception of how good of a leader they are, that they're so not only successful, but they're able to talk about all their failures. So if you're good at your job and you're vulnerable, you get that boost. If you're not good at your job, if you're mediocre and you're vulnerable, all it does is it reinforces your mediocrity. (laughs) So it just reinforces the perception of why you are where you are in the eyes of your people. So if you're a mid-level leader and you've been a mid-level leader for 10, 15, 20 years and you're not able to progress and all you're doing is talking about your mistakes and failures and challenges and struggles in the eyes of your people, they're going to say, yeah, that makes sense. I get why you are where you are because all you're doing is talking about all the problems and the challenges that you have. So I get it. Now, again, this doesn't mean that if you're in a new role or it doesn't mean that you can't ever be vulnerable. You can. It always comes back to this idea of trying to demonstrate what you're doing to close the gap, what you're trying to get, what you're trying to do to get better, what you're doing to learn, what you're trying to do to grow, to get into that role that you want to get into. And again, that is the best piece of advice I have for any current or aspiring leader is competence and connection.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. Just, I I would say my, my final question around this is what, Actually, what's the enemy of vulnerability? What gets in the way of it <clears throat> happening or way of it being demonstrated?
1: Um, we get in our own way. Um, <laughs> we don't want to be perceived as being weak. Um, so, so two things. Vulnerability, one, is a very uncomfortable thing. Um, not just emotionally, but physically. All the CEOs that I've interviewed and even people who are listening to this will have experienced vulnerability at some point in their lives, and it's uncomfortable. Um, You know, I've interviewed some CEOs who shared they've had panic attacks. They get so uncomfortable with their their voice starts shaking, their hands get sweaty, their stomach starts hurting, they can't sleep, their heartbeat goes up. Vulnerability is an uncomfortable thing, not just emotionally, of the feeling of like, you know, the butterflies in your stomach, you just feel physiologically uncomfortable. And so the question becomes, well, why do you do it? It's, of course, far easier to pretend like you have everything figured out, that you have all the right answers, that you don't need help. Um that's the approach that I've taken for the you know majority of my life because it's easy. Like it's a very, very easy thing to do. But you don't grow as a result. You don't become better. Um, you You can't lead others if you do that. You can never become a better version of yourself unless you acknowledge the gaps that you have and try to close those gaps and improve. And so, vulnerability is a prerequisite for learning and growth and development. And a lot of us don't do it because it's hard. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. But if you look at any successful leader or any athlete, the reason they got to where they are is because they do things that other people can't do or won't do. You have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. If you want to be able to be a good leader, if you want to become a senior executive or maybe one day the CEO of an organization. So that's one challenge Is it's uncomfortable and the second is we are scared of what other people will think of us right we don't want to be perceived as being weak or incompetent and again the the way that you get over that challenge is you demonstrate the competence with the vulnerability and I think another challenge is we're scared that vulnerability will be used against us in some way Mm -hmm. and the way that you get over that is you accept that that is the case at some point it will be used against you I can pretty much make that guarantee Um, But it's no different than anything else in your life. Uh, At some point, you'll ask for a promotion and you'll be turned down. You'll ask somebody out on a date and you'll be turned down. You'll ask for more money for something and you'll be turned down. Does that mean you're never going to do those things again? Are you never going to ask anybody else out on a date? You're never going to ask for a promotion because somebody told you no once? Vulnerability is the same thing. At some point, somebody will take what you said and they will use it against you in some way. Mm. And at that point, you have a choice that you need to make. Are you going to be the type of person who says, well, it didn't go my way that one time. Therefore, I'm never going to do it again. Or are you going to be the type of person who says it didn't go that way? It didn't go my way that time, but I learned a lot and I'm going to improve going forward and I will still be able to lead with vulnerability in the future. Mm. And Mm. I think that's the right approach to take. And so if people can kind of understand and wrap their minds around that, then I think that they will be able to, um, have tremendous impact in their lives and in their careers.
0: So, so the message I'm getting from that is courage. There's a lot of courage that's required here to, 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 to
1: put yourself out there. Um, there is courage, but it's also just acknowledging that that's a part of life. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's just how, how life is. I mean, Mm. you have to have courage to go outside. (laughs) You have to have courage to show up (laughs) in an office and work with other people. At some point, you will have to be vulnerable in your life. Um, Even if you don't choose to, life will make you vulnerable at some point. Like it was with me when I had my panic attacks and I thought I was having a heart attack and dying, life made me vulnerable. And I didn't know how to deal with it. Hmm. So for a lot of people, the choice is either life will make you vulnerable at some point and force you into this, at which point if you're not prepared, it will cause chaos in your life. Or you can learn how to do this yourself. And that way you'll be prepared and you'll have the tools and resources you need.
0: So I think in summary, for me, the, you know, as, as I said, we kind of put a lot of emphasis on building a, a culture which is psychologically safe and is always the most powerful enabler for that is, is, is role modeling from leadership. And if leaders if leaders can lead with vulnerability, that is going to set a really powerful tone, give a really powerful message, and in many respects, permission, I would say, to um, to those that are looking upon them for, 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 for examples and guidance. Um, and I think that's the most important thing which I'm I'm taking from this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's certainly okay. an important lesson to take. Um, I mean, the most important message that I would love people to walk away with is just the idea of competence and connection, Hmm. leadership and vulnerability, Hmm. Uh, to not just focus on one, but to focus on both of those things. And I think if people are able to do that, um, they will be well on their way to making a much more positive lasting impact.
0: Okay. Well, Jacob, thank you very much. And the book I assume is available in all good bookstores, Amazon, all around the world, so on and so forth. Yes.
1: Yes. We made a URL for it. So people can go to leadwithvulnerability.com. Um, or you can just, like you said, go to Amazon directly and type in, uh, leading with vulnerability wherever you can find a book.
0: Fantastic. Well, Jacob, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it and I'm sure Our listeners will have uh, really enjoyed listening to our conversation and I wish you all the best with the book and uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for spending half an hour with us. Thank you for having me.